you've been injured in an accident, you need a lawyer. And you deserve an advocate. Because every accident has a ripple effect. It affects your time, your health, your ability to make money, everything. That's where the advocates can help. Thanks to our decades of experience, we know what your case is worth and we'll fight to get you every penny you deserve. Consultations are simple and always free because you're not just a client to us. You're a person and you deserve the best help you can get. You deserve an advocate. This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show. Streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, how are you? <laughs> the Monty Show. Good good morning. Good Wednesday. Happy Valentine's Day. I love everyone but Jake this morning. That's some uh, nonsense. <laughs> that is some nonsense. We stand in on business on The Monty Show. Presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best Injury attorneys in the business. You know, there was a horrendous truck accident uh, I, I, that made headline news across the country. Those big, big kind of accidents are life-changing, and they're very difficult for you involved in an accident like that with a trucker. To How do you navigate that? Well, what you do is you go to theadvocates.com, and you chat with an attorney live online at The Advocates, where they never ask you to reach in your pocket and pay them. No, in fact, you don't pay The Advocates unless and until they win your case no consultation fees no big retainers car accidents these big truck accidents we're seeing in the middle of winter in this country the advocates can handle it all at theadvocates.com go there tell them you heard about it on the monty show that always helps on a on a valentine's day where you can give us some love tell the advocates you heard about it on the monty show uh, a massive story is breaking um, as we sit here this morning. According to Woj, it's a Woj bomb. Stay hard. Um, the L.A. Lakers and Golden State Warriors held trade talks about LeBron James joining the Warriors. And as this story unfolds and as Woj is telling it, uh, the Golden State Warriors, at the behest of Draymond Green, who shares Clutch Sports Rich Paul as an agent with LeBron James, Draymond Green lobbied Joe Lakeup, the owner of the Warriors, to call Jeannie Buss, while at the same time, Draymond was working back channels with Rich Paul to reach out to LeBron to try and convince him to leave the Lakers and join the Warriors for a playoff run this season. Now, the Lakers and LeBron both said they weren't interested in leaving L.A. at this point. I think the big conversation here is LeBron eventually is, is likely, I think, to leave the Lakers. But Jeannie Buss told Joe Lakeup, according to Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN, that she had no interest in trading LeBron. And LeBron apparently told Rich Paul behind the scenes that he had no interest in leaving the Lakers. Jake, how surprised are you by this news? I think the Warriors have always been an organization that's willing to go out and, you know, make the call or, or you know, basically just stick their neck out there and see what, what they can get back. And I think, you know, the answer is no uh, 100% of the time if you don't ask. And that's that's what I think the strategy here is. Hey, let's go and, 
let's see if we can figure out a way to make this happen. Now, obviously, it's not going to happen, but but the fact that you had the thought to to go out and try to get LeBron for a playoff stretch run is is I, I think is great. I think that that's where the the mindset of a team like the Warriors should be at. I mean, it, it's been an absolute grind for them this year. And they've been improving, and I think Clay Thompson's turned it around quite a bit, and Jonathan Kaminga has definitely, you know, stepped into his own role on that team, and obviously is is doing good things for them. But, but there is no replacing a guy like LeBron, and obviously LeBron and Steph have had their epic playoff seven game series battles in the past, and they have a great relationship, and it, and it would be a no brainer if all parties were interested, but, but honestly, I, I, I look at this and I say, you know, this, you can't tell me this would have just been the Warriors and the Lakers in a straight up trade. I I have to think because of all the money, because of all the, the assets that you would move around in that deal, that would probably have a third team in it. And I think that that's the part that's really interesting to me. What could have been for those secondary teams if LeBron, you know, in the Lakers decided to execute this trade. Yeah, I I think it is a big deal. And, you know, looking at LeBron, I think he is still performing at a at a very high level. Uh, and you start to understand the money he's making. He's got a $50 million player option next season. Um, and from what I understand, they were talking about a, a deal centered on Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, would have been the two going back. Uh, and and I think, you know, just re reading the tea leaves, Chris Paul would have been included in that deal to make the salaries work. Uh, the Lakers would have gotten an inordinate amount of, of draft capital. And I agree with you. I think a third team would have had to been involved in that um, because it would be very difficult to unload three players and a bunch of picks and only get one in return. That's a very difficult trade to make in the NBA. But I think it shows you if they were willing to give up Kaminga and a bunch of picks, the Warriors were serious about doing this deal. Um, note that Clay Thompson was not involved in that trade. I don't, I, I, from what I understand, he was not involved in that deal. Just texting with NBA people this morning. It seems like that deal was centered on Wiggins, Kaminga, and Chris Paul a bunch of draft capital and LeBron James. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the Warriors, that makes all the sense in the world. And Hey, listen, if it wasn't LeBron that we were talking about, if I'm the Lakers, I mean, that makes some sense. Not a lot of sense right now. You look at where they are. Um, you look at the, you look at the amount of effort and energy they put out last night um, in their 125, 111 win over the Pistons. Anthony Davis is playing at a very high level. Um, they're not as far out of the, the playoff picture, I think, as we would all have them. Obviously, now they are a, a game up on Golden State in the 10th spot. They're two behind uh, the Warriors, or excuse me, the Kings for the 8th spot who lost to the Suns last night. I, I just think this is a, a, a wild, wild moment in time, and it shows you the the difference between the teams who just want to play NBA games and the teams who care about winning every single NBA game they play. Mm -hmm. And the Warriors and the Lakers are committed. And I know that this is unpopular in a lot of, of corners of, of the country. The Warriors and the Lakers are the Warriors and the Lakers because they care about winning every single possession. Not every game. Every trip down the floor, they care about winning. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what separates the Warriors, the Lakers, from teams like 
the Chicago Bulls, from teams like the Utah Jazz, from teams like the San Antonio Spurs. I, I think there there's a very clear delineation between the elites in this league. And you can sit here and tell me it's all about TV money and, and players and attractiveness and free agent. And I'm going to tell you that's a bunch of hooey because I'm telling you it's ownership, management, and players that give a damn about, about every single possession on the floor. Mm -hmm. And I think the Lakers and the Warriors are those two teams. And it's funny how all the best players want to go to the teams that seem to win the most. And they, those teams win the most because they care the most about winning. So it's not that they just are in a bigger market. They care and mm. they want to they want to perform at the highest level. And I, and I think, you know, a lot of people question the Lakers culture, you know, and, and, and specifically, you know, post Kobe Bryant and sort of that window between Kobe and, you know, when but the window between when Kobe retired and Bron joined the team, there was a window in time there where the Lakers were just floundering. They were not, you know, they were not this 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 perennial playoff, you know, NBA finals threat out of the Western conference. And so now it were in a situation where it's been a rough season again, you know, I mean, obviously they're not where they want to be, but the problem is, is they're that team that is just close enough for you're like, yeah, I really don't think we yeah. should blow this up. I think we just need to play better basketball, which is exactly what Darvin Ham has been saying. And I'm not even a huge Darvin Ham guy, but I think no. he's right. Like, I think they, have plenty of talent on the roster, but you need guys like D'Lo to get it going. And so Austin Reeves, yeah, you need Austin Reeves to get it going. And so I look at, I look at this thing, you, you know, if you look at the Lakers from like the Warriors perspective, yeah, the Warriors are sitting there saying, well, what do the Lakers really have to lose? I mean, they're the nine seed or whatever they are right now. Like, but I know, also think this is the Warriors recognizing that their window is closing. As we talk about a massive breaking news story, uh, Woj at ESPN with Ramona Shelburne is reporting that the Lakers and Warriors <clears throat> had trade talks right up to the deadline. Like within minutes of the deadline, Jeannie Buss and, and, and the Lakers were on the phone talking about the potential of a LeBron James trade. And it is, I, I think, you know, amongst all of the stories we have today, obviously this NCAA NIL story is a big deal the Pac-12 making significant moves to secure its future uh, with the college football playoff and outside of that. Like, these are big stories. There is no bigger story than what Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN just dropped, that the Lakers answered the phone on a, hey, are you guys interested in trading LeBron James? That's a big deal. That Jeannie Buss, LeBron, Draymond, and the Lakers were talking to each other and Rich Paul was a mediator, tells you that there was there was more than smoke here. It tells you that there were substantive conversations about trading LeBron James at the deadline, uh -huh. which is just, it's mind-numbing that you have a, a situation like, I think it's a, a and it now it's leading all of the, the sports talk in this country, but I think it's a huge story. Yeah, I mean, how could it not be? It's LeBron James. I, I think there's a lot of, of questions about you know what this this last chapter of LeBron's career is going to look like. I mean, I, yeah. I you know I think I, I I would be really surprised if LeBron you know is is just playing games to play games. I think LeBron's a guy that always wants to be in the NBA Finals and always almost expects to be there every single year, and it's disappointing when he's not. And so you know I I, I think the problem for LeBron is is now 
you know, not only the NBA, but he himself is in a position where, you know, he needs his teammates to truly help him to get there. It yeah. used to be that LeBron could just dominate the game and you just needed, you know, 15 a night from role players to help him. But it's not like that anymore. So when you mm. look at the Lakers roster, it's like, dude, like Spencer Dinwiddie needs to help them off the bench a lot. Like Austin Reeves needs to get back to being that guy. And and but could you, know, you ever imagine LeBron James being traded at the deadline? No, I don't think That's, so. There, there are but just you, some can you blame players him for calling though. No, not at all. But there are some players that Michael Jordan's not getting traded at the deadline. Kobe, Shaq, Giannis, Steph. Like you're not trading these guys Luka. at the deadline. Luka Doncic. You're not. You're not trading these guys at the deadline. Yeah. Right. Like Donovan and Rudy didn't get traded at the deadline. It, it's wild to me that the Lakers and the Warriors, and we're, what, a week on from the NBA trade deadline now, and Woj is dropping this story this morning, had real conversations about this. Mm -hmm. The stuff that you never hear about uh, is wild. Welcome back to NBA uh, coming up in about 45 minutes. If you're just tuning in again, um, I mean, a massive story breaking in the NBA, is, as you see uh, on the screen. Woj reporting that the Lakers and Warriors had serious and substantive trade talks about LeBron James going to the Warriors in a package that may have included Kaminga, Wiggins, and Chris Paul with a haul of future draft picks. And I, again, Jake said it earlier, I see a lot of people just coming on the show, but Jake said it earlier, another team probably would have had to be involved in that. I just don't know how you would have done it without another I team. I mean, it's like, it's just it's a, so much. It's a wild. I And yeah, Gary, you have. Gary's been saying to trade Braun for years. And the fact that the Lakers picked up the phone, I, I think this is an incredible moment in time. But I also think that that you have to understand if Charlotte was calling, they probably don't pick up the phone. Right? No, I mean, this is absolutely you, you, you not. have to at least put some respect on the fact that it's the Lakers and the Warriors. I mean, I, I I think that that I agree. You know, there's a lot of respect there, and I and I think that we often, you know, on this show, I think we do a pretty good job. But I see a lot of times where people don't put enough respect and onus on the idea that hey, guys like Steph and Clay and Dre all have great relationships with LeBron. LeBron's always been uh, a, a mayor of the league, if you will, a guy that knows everybody, and you know is. Friends with with guys, yeah. acquaintances with others. Like so, so to me, when we say, "Hey, they picked up the phone on a LeBron James trade," yeah, of course. Like I, I'm gonna pick up the phone if uh, an iconic franchise like the Warriors wants to talk to us. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to what of they course. have to say. I don't think it was close. Woj is also saying that it never got close. It was never at a point where they were, you know, they were contemplating or doing paperwork. But the fact they had conversations is wild. Let's talk college football presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY to get 100% deposit matching. Thanks to our friends at Prize Picks. And again, I am stoked. I got my ass kicked on Prize Picks last night. Golf starts tomorrow. I've got a really good <laughs> three pack of picks on Prize Picks. I was so close on Prize Picks last night. That's what it is, man. Did great After on the, the Super Bowl. Davis. He won big bucks on the Super Bowl, but last night, very, very difficult. Thank you, Anthony Edwards, for showing up. Yeah. Last night. He was yeah. huge. All right. Uh, I think this story out of the NCAA with the the case in Tennessee federal court is uh, again another gravitational story in sports. 
those of us that follow college football very passionately uh, and very closely, um, we've been talking about this NIL debacle for uh, the better part of a year now. And I think we all knew it was going to end up in court. Now, a little background on the story. The uh, attorneys general of Tennessee and Virginia filed suit in uh, Tennessee federal court uh, asking for an injunction to prevent the NCAA from enforcing NIL rules, uh, which currently make it illegal, it's illegal, uh, for a university to directly pay a player using NIL as a payment platform. Because it's illegal. Uh, to come and play football or basketball or any other sport at their university. Well, this injunction, should it be granted, uh, would make it so that universities can directly pay players. Now, there's a couple of dynamics at play here with NIL and the NCAA in this lawsuit. Number one, um, the, the, the bigger issue for me is Tennessee and Virginia and every other school in the NCAA was involved in setting up these current restrictions for NIL. You understand that the NCAA isn't just a bunch of old dudes with yellow hair and billions in the bank uh, making arbitrary rules. And I think this is a really important part of this conversation. Tennessee, Virginia, and every other school in the country has representation and a place in the rulemaking process with the NCAA. Uh, because the NCAA is made up of all of these universities. That's who the NCAA is. They've installed Charlie Baker as their president. They have a board of directors and many committees, and they're all made up of representatives from NCAA membership, which is, again, universities just like Tennessee and Virginia. It's important to keep that in mind when you now know that these two universities, through their attorneys, walked into court yesterday and made the argument that it is an antitrust violation to enforce the rules that they put in place. Now, here's where it gets problematic for the NCAA. When the judge began voidering the attorneys, because there's no jury here, it is a judge granting or not granting an injunction. You know, the judge started asking the NCAA, well, why is it okay? for a student athlete to negotiate with a collective, but not with a university, to which the NCAA said, we don't know why that's okay. The NCAA, by reports, including ESPN and Yahoo Sports, who both had reporters in the courtroom, the NCAA had no answer for why it was not allowed for universities to negotiate NIL deals directly with athletes, but it's okay for representatives of a university to negotiate NIL deals with athletes. And again, let's go back in time to all of these court fights, whether it is the Pac-12, whether it is Michigan, why not stand and make an argument? And the argument that I would have made if I were the NCAA is, well, Your Honor, that's a great question. Why did Tennessee and Virginia, with all of the other NCAA membership, approve these rules in the first place if they didn't want them enforced. Instead, the NCAA pretty much said, eh, uh, we don't know. I don't have an answer to that question. And Jake, I think it is a death note because I believe this judge who said he is going to a ruling short order, and a lot of people expect that to be today that he will grant an injunction. Uh, I think this is absolutely a death knell that the NCAA attorneys had no answer for that question. And it's surprising. It's it, it's very surprising. And 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 maybe it truly is a thing where they didn't want you know they didn't want to bring an argument. They didn't want to 
stand in the way because they know what's inevitable, which is allowing people to do business how they'd like to do business inside of college athletics, you know? And, and I think that's a difficult part of this conversation, uh, you know, is that at some point the floodgates are going to be opened. You're going to be able to talk to whoever you want. You're going to be able to, you know, sign them for however much money you want. Now there's, oh, there's going to have to be regulation around contracts and, you know, there's going to have to be some set of structure, but it's going to be far less stringent than it is now. And I think that's the part of this that is a little bit surprising. We were in a place in college athletics, specifically college football, where we were like, yeah, man, we really need to restrict this thing. We really need to, you know, we've heard for so long, we need to protect the student athlete. We need to make sure that the student athlete is taken care of, except we're not going to take care of them uh, financially. We're going to make that more difficult for them. So I think that's the hard part is there's a lot of hypocrisy in this conversation from the NCAA's side. And the student athletes are out here just saying, hey, we're, we're, we're playing football. You know, we've got two full-time jobs, a student and trying to be the best we can be on the football field. We should get compensated for this, you know? And so to me, yeah, it is surprising that the NCAA didn't roll up with a better argument. But at the same time, if you're the NCAA, uh, I think you're kind of at a point where it's like, yeah, this is kind of inevitable. And if we if we make an argument here, what are we really fighting for? Because that's the other thing. If you're the NCAA, are you really fighting for anything here? Because once this happened, and it will happen, the NCAA is is now just a you know a bona fide you know side company over here that hands out discipline that all the schools agree to. That's it. They're not like a. It's not like they're the boss sitting on the hundredth floor and everyone works under them. That's not what this is. So that's why I say I just think it's a very it's an inevitability that this will get pushed through. And once it does get pushed through, I'm curious what the process is going to look like for all these schools agreeing to, you know, structure around like, hey, if you know, so if a kid commits to an NIL deal with a school, it has to be a three year commitment and you can pay him whatever you want. Is that is that the kind of structure we're going to work within for for NIL? Because the other side of that is if you're going to make a kid commit to three years and then they want to transfer, now we've created the buyout market. And the buyout market in college football is going to be robust if that's the situation, right? Because you're going to have the big boys trying to go out and get all the best talent. And and frankly, I think that is where a lot of people get nervous. A yeah. lot of people get nervous around that. And I, I think, I really do think that this is ine inevitable. I... I if the NCAA, and I know it's wild, if the NCAA doesn't want to fight NIL anymore, and I don't believe they do, my my belief is that the NCAA will not fight this injunction. My belief is the NCAA will stand back and watch the world burn because I think that's what eventually is going to happen in college football when you allow the blue bloods, and, and call it what it is, when you allow the haves to by every every one of the best talent from the have-nots, because that's what's going to happen here. I think the NCAA is going to say, well, we tried, guys, and uh, yeah, this is what you wanted, because at the end of the day, that's what this comes down to. And I, I, I go back to this point that you have to remember, we're in a society now in this country where we don't want the rules applied to us. We just want them applied to everybody else. And when the rule that we put in place is applied to us, we sue to try and get that rule thrown out. 
That's exactly what this is. And people forget that we talk about NCAA rules and how dare they put a witch hunt in place against Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Um, the problem is Michigan put those rules in place or had a hand in putting those rules in place. Do you think Michigan was involved when they said, yeah, advanced scouting in person is going to be illegal because we don't want to pay staff to have to travel and the infrastructure for it? You know, you know that's a rule that you can't go and scout in advance. It's not because it's cheating. It's because they don't want to pay for advanced scouting. Michigan had a hand in putting that rule in place. Mm -hmm. Everybody had a hand in putting these NIL rules in place. Notice that there's not some loud uproar of every university in the country saying, let us pay athletes, let us pay. Because it's not what, what eventually I think everybody knows now is eventually the world's going to burn. Yeah. And so going to court, congratulations, Tennessee, and by default, Virginia. Hey, really cool piece of heavy equipment with the Tennessee Volunteers flag you had out in front of the courthouse. Nice job. (laughs) This is a mistake Mm -hmm. because the NCAA is not going to fight this. Yeah, and I think the schools are not going to carve out a budget to pay athletes. They're going to carve out a budget to create a sales organization that generates revenue for them to pay athletes. And and we're going to have this situation now. Because what's next? I think, A, here's how, in my opinion, this is going to go. The injunction is going to be granted. The NCAA will not fight it. That rule will be dead. Schools will begin paying athletes directly tomorrow. Uh, hey, come here. We'll give you $5 million. Sign a three-year deal, a minimum three-year deal to commit. That's $15 million. Life-changing money for you. Here's the question. Are there going to be regulations that say, Hey, uh, yeah, as part of you giving my child $15 million, you also have to provide him with a fidelity professional who's going to advise him on how to invest that money long-term. Who's going to pay for that? Hey, uh, does Mike, if you're, if you're paying me and I am now technically an employee, or if I'm a 1099 contractor, right? Uh, does this mean I have to go to school anymore? Can I just come and play football? Do I have to go to Chem 101? Do I have to go to Trig? Do I have to go to, or can I just practice lift weights and collect paychecks? Because that's what this is. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. This isn't just uh, open the floodgates. What does this allow kids to do? It allows them and their parents and their agents to negotiate contracts. That's what this allows them to do. It means that I'm going to get in the portal. And I also think the 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 unintended consequence here for kids and so i'm assuming that this is going to go away at some point because some asshole is going to sue but they're going to you can get in the portal but you're going to sign a three-year agreement with us and that's going to use up your eligibility so are we going to eliminate just four years five years of eligibility because we're already suing about waivers we're already suing about Mm -hmm. nil we're already maybe this kid can stay he's a great quarterback let's have him stay here 10 years is that what's going to be next? That's yeah, a great question. It's a great question. Because if you're not going to class. If you're making 15 million bucks, are you really that much of a hurry to get to the NFL? If you're Shador Sanders, are you really, you're making a lot of money. Shador Sanders probably should have entered the NFL draft this year. He's making a lot of money, playing for his pop, playing with his brothers. Why is he in a hurry to get to the NFL? Yeah. I don't know. The un- it, it, It's always. It's always the unintended consequences. Yeah, and I think there's no telling what those are. I I, I think the, the, the a lot of these ideas are are very proper and pragmatic. I think Certainly. you know anytime anytime you start paying people and money moves, you know a couple of things. The IRS is getting involved, 
and people are 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 signing commitments that they're inevitably going to break from in two years, right? We're we're going to have a bunch of these situations. Hey, hey, dude, you you were uh you know air quotes a freshman when you joined us, you signed a three year deal, and now in your sophomore year you want to transfer. What who's who's covering the cost of that three year contract? Yep, that's what I think for kids and their parents and and everything. That's where I just get a little bit concerned, and and I'm sure there'll be an answer. As you should be, you know, I'm sure it's like, hey, wherever you're going is going to have to, you know, pay us back any any money or like a buyout or whatever. I don't know. Like I I just think that you don't know what it's going to look like until we know. Like I think the classroom point's a great one. It's a great one. Am I, I mean, going to school anymore? Yeah. Like, is it optional now? I mean, do you? Hey, yeah, I broke my leg on the second snap of spring practice, and I'm never going to play another down of college football. Uh, what do you mean you're not going to pay me? Because yeah. that's going to happen. What happens when the first kid gets screwed? Because that's going to happen. A university. And, and the other part of this is we're minimizing, and I know this is utopic. And, oh, Monty, Monty, we don't care about education anymore, Monty. We just want to go dogs, you know, go tigers, go tigers, now get them utes, right? That's what this is. Roll tide. So now are there, is there any more that, Hey, no matter what, at any time in my life, I'm able to come back and get a degree. Is there any more of that? Cause most schools now you give a kid a scholarship. He's got 10 years after he's done playing sports. If you give a kid a college football scholarship, He's got, in most cases, 10 years after his football playing career ends, he's got 10 years to come back and get his degree. Mm -hmm. Full ride. Is that going to go away too? Because what is what is the school really getting out of this employment contract? That These are the things that, because yes. we don't, let's, let's stop pretending like we give a damn about the education, because we don't. We don't. There, it. There's no way you can make an argument that a kid can transfer as much as he wants and we're concerned about the quality of his his education and nope. his post football life. We're not we don't care about, you know, well, you know, we have these kids that are dropping dead on the football field doing workouts. Again, last week, I think two kids died in off-season workouts. That kid's still getting his NIL money. Yeah, he's dead. We're not going to pay that contract. Is there a clause that says when you die um, because we told you you had to lose seven pounds and we're going to rip your NIL deal? Because you, you know. know that's what's going to happen. Yep. Hey, if you're seven pounds overweight, we have the right to terminate. We have the right to terminate if section, section of the contract. Section 6.8.7-B is the, hey, if you're one feather of an ounce overweight or you're one second late to a meeting. We're not paying you NIL money. Listen, if that jock strap doesn't have two straps up the butt cheek, and if yeah. it has one up the butt crack, we're ripping that NIL contract from Let you. Let alone if you're first team all SRT uh, off the field. Yeah, yeah. We're just getting started. You get in any type of trouble. Yeah, hey, by the way, if you win a Heisman Trophy, we'll double your NIL contract. Yeah. If you fail to play oh. 10 games, well, listen, if you don't start 10 games a season, we're going to have to pull that NIL deal. Yeah, hey, Jed, uh, Jed, can you make sure that this guy doesn't start? Just play him in the second snap. Because tell me again, tell me again that there will not be stipulations like that in deals. And if you say to a kid, hey, if you start all 12 games, yeah, uh, I'm, we're going to have to sit you down. We need little Jimmy over here who makes half as much money as you. And we're not going to a bowl game, so we're going to sit you down. 
but I have an NIL thing. And that doesn't matter. I'm here to talk about ball now. Yeah, it's it's what's best for the team. Hey, look, I know that you practice all week and, and your ankle's a little sore. Um, yeah, we're going to have to put you in a walking boot today. But, and, Coach, if know. I don't play, what are the chances we win this game and become bowl eligible? And if we go to a bowl game, uh, I get a new Ferrari. Yeah, son, that's exactly why we're not playing you. <laughs> right? Because that's going to yes. happen. That's going to happen. All right, let's get your comments in here. Uh, are you a fan of NIL? Where do you come down on this? Harry Austin, good morning, my favorite San Antonian. Happy Valentine's Day. I choose you, Monty, for my morning sports show. The Much like James and Jake are textually in love. Hiscock. Harry, good to see you. We're not. You. John Dry says sixth. I like it. Make sure everybody nice. hits the like button. Uh, Big Blue Horses, damn, it's early. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, dude. Gary says last. Dakota Tubbs, I'm here to get told what's what again today. Well, yeah, you're damn right, dude. This show is about the education of young Dak, Dak to Dakota Tubbs. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Washington, Washington State. Here we go. Oh, we've got Washington State coming up in a minute. Mike Smith, Mountain Mama. Early morning shenanigans. Yes. Uh, Scott of Greywater Watch. Great morning uh, to all. Scott, good to see you. Uh, Vol Slim Jimmy. Okay. Okay. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Jay Let's Chapman. Talk. Uh, the collapse of the NCAA is the title, but we're going to talk NBA to open the show. Yeah. LeBron almost got traded. Yeah. Nice and it's shot, a breaking dude. news story. Jay, we're fucking talking NBA to open the show. Yeah. If LeBron is, is on the verge of getting traded at the deadline. Yeah. I'm going to say that's the biggest story in sports. Yeah, and kids getting F by an <laughs> NIL can wait five minutes. Oh my God. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, Mark Hales, news of what never happened is not interesting to me. I'm telling you, news of LeBron okay. James on the verge of being traded is very interesting to me. You guys can hate on LeBron and the Lakers, and you can say, oh, well, well, no, it's the NBA. They're soft. I don't want to talk about them. I got news for you. When the biggest name in sports, and yes, hear me clearly, the biggest name in all of sports, LeBron James. When he's in a trade conversation, we're talking about it. Uh, I don't know what Scott of Greywater Watch did uh, to be departed from the show for five minutes, but <laughs> I'm going to guess it's this comment that I'm not going to read right here that got YouTube to filter you. That's probably not the best thing you've ever said. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Tubbs, I'd trade Gary at the deadline. Yeah, Gary, we're sorry, buddy. You're out. Hello, okay, man. Boyd Lake, this will be what triggers contracts with bull incentives and multi-year deals. I agree yes. 100%. Yes. I agree 100%. Mark Hales, so if the athlete is an employee, does he or she have to go to class? Probably not. Probably not. And I don't know, are you? Are we going to have universities that build in clauses that mandate a certain GPA to make the most money? Is that what, is that what we're doing? Um, I, I don't, I don't know. And by the way, maybe it's different at every school. Yeah. Stanford's probably putting yeah. that educational clause in And there. again, I'm just, my question is what impact does this have? And it's what nobody's talking about. What impact does this have on college basketball and the NCAA tournament? Because you can't tell me that the NCAA tournament in college basketball is not going to be impacted by NIL and, and employment change. Because I think it will. Yes. There's no doubt. Uh, Washington State, go Cougs. I'm going to start watching the new group of five. Should be more like NCAA than God tier. And God tier is coming. It, 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 
I'm telling you, if this injunction comes out today or tomorrow, when it comes out today or tomorrow, I think, God tier happened already. In God's name, image, and right? likeness. Like, I think, I think, and this is a very good point, Gokugs. I think you look at what God tier is and what it's supposed to be. It's happening, dude. Yeah. Bros, it, it's coming. And the NCAA no longer has to facilitate it because Tennessee and Virginia did. If if NIL payment directly from university to athlete happens, God tier created itself through an injunction in federal court. Yeah. And I don't believe the NCAA will fight it because Charlie Baker is already trying to make it happen. The president of the NCAA, Charlie Baker, as we all know, is trying to make it happen. So wh why would you fight it when you're trying to institute it? And now it just got super easy. And you're like, wait, we tried. I told you. Oh, your best player got screwed because of the fine print in the NIL contract. Yeah, look, that's not on us. I mean, we we tried to we tried to tell you guys, but here we are. Again, you made the rules. Now it's time to lay in your bed. You asked for it. Yeah, like I, I it just is what it is, and and I think that we like to we like to run from the oh man, kids are kids are we're not going to screw kids. They're going to be taken care of. No, they're not. And my question is, who's going to Virginia over a higher-paying school? Tennessee, okay, Rocky Top, I got you, dude. I'm feeling it. You've got cash. You've got boosters. You're a good program. You're putting guys in the NFL. Okay, I get it. What? I'm sorry, Virginia, you were thinking what here? But think about, like, the basketball blue bloods, like, like North Carolina, right? Like, it doesn't this allow you to increase your revenue in basketball immensely? Doesn't this put you in a position where, yeah, sure, you're going to have to pay guys. But I'm telling you, the sales teams, right, that these schools are going to employ to go out into the community, go get the NIL deal so they can stick it to the players and move the cash through the school. So if the school's making, let's call it, let's call $500 million in NIL dealings, and they're only paying out, let's call it 50 to the players, you really telling me schools aren't schools aren't you know champing at the bit Jake, for this? There's not a an old white rich guy who's willing to take a smaller cut so a young black teenager can get paid. That's what I'm saying, dude. Let's just call it what it is. And yeah. you know the the other truth here. That's why the college football playoff is going to 12. It's why it'll expand to 16. It's why the NCAA tournament is going to get longer and larger with more members. Because if universities, unintended consequences, if universities get to pay NIL money, do you really think they're going to take less profit? And in basketball, doesn't that mean that, and all jokes aside, doesn't that mean the SMUs of the world have a much better chance now? They can go out and pay guys to come play for them. And did we all not see the news yesterday that we had told you was coming? A $16 billion extension with ESPN for the college oh. football playoff. Dudes, they're no, not. Money. ESPN didn't extend the college football playoff. They're not going to make less money because they're paying athletes. Come on. They're going to make the athlete make them more money. Yes. That's the that's the way the system works, friends. You're trying to save Come money. These dudes are out here showing you how to make more so they don't have to save. Yeah. It's the age-old conundrum. Boyd Lake, the difference was recruiting and portal situation. The portal is a risk to schools. At least many of them see it that way. With schools not in control of NAL, they just don't like that. I think that's very true. Mm -hmm. 
Because again, you have what NIL is short for young people empowered. That's, I believe that's the exact and Latin translation. It. Yeah. It, you're empowering these young people. And that's never happened before. Where the, the, and again, especially I, I think it matters in underprivileged, you know, communities where education is not the priority. Money is the priority. Putting your family in a better situation is the priority, right? Like that's the priority. And notice I didn't say young, black, underprivileged. It's underprivileged because being underprivileged knows no color in this country. And I look at situations where you have kids that come from poverty who all of a sudden are multimillionaires. The unintended consequences are coming. They're coming. Yeah, you you are watch what you wish for here, because they they're coming. Uh, Gary says, "Yeah, I'm majoring in college athletics." Seriously, yeah. Dakota Tubbs, the athlete, will now be teaching Chem 101. Chem 101 taught by Bo's Dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know right. your role and shut your mouth. OG Gary, salary cap of a million. Objective is to make it to the league. A million bucks but ain't see, winning but, nobody but, but nothing. Hear me out, but hear me out, Gary. That's not the objective for the school. The objective for the school is to keep these kids as long as possible now, right? Because I'm telling you, they're going to cash flow something serious off of this. R-O-I. Okay, I'm paying this kid, <laughs> let's call it 10 mil a year just for easy math. Hey, Shador, I'm paying you 10 mil a year. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, turns out the university uh, last quarter made like $80 million in NIL. Just in that last quarter. Okay? Yeah, I'm going to need you to use promo code Shador when yeah, you buy dude. tickets because that, you know, that's the stuff we're talking about. And the other thing here is, and, and I know this is crazy talk. If you have a 50, 60,000 seat stadium, mm -hmm. is that enough now? Don't you need to sell an exorbitant amount of tickets and concessions now? Don't like look at the situation at you, Arizona. A player's program. You lost two hundred forty million dollars because program. somebody forgot to move the abacus around, right? <laughs> you lost two hundred forty million dollars. What did they blame that on? Well, an accounting error, but also a lack of fan support for the athletic program. So now, is fifty, sixty thousand seats enough? Well, you're selling out your 60,000-seat football stadium. Mm -hmm. And this has been the argument. And then NIL came along. Well, now I need 100,000 seats, and we need to sell more tickets because we can't afford to do NIL at a level that will allow us to keep compete for a college football playoff championship. This is what I'm saying. Not everybody. I, I, it's a great point. Like, not most schools are not going to just have extra operating cash to – to just start nope. going after kids, right? So there's going to have to be this sort of renaissance, if you will, this sort of change in behavior where where I'm telling you guys, schools are are now no longer just educational institutions, right? Nope. Where like, hey, we're Stanford. We'll give you a great education. Never mind this 50-person sales rep team over here that's working the communities uh, in a 50-square-mile mm. radius, right? Like that's what schools are going to have to do now because they don't have a billion dollars or $500 million just sitting around to go rebuild their stadium. They, that, that's not how it works for schools right now. Not so, at all. So you're going to have to go out into the community 
and you're going to have to get revenue out of your local community. And for some schools, it'll be national if you're a big enough program. But for, you know, the stand for the San Jose states of the world are going to have to go out into the local community and say, hey, sponsor our football program. And as part of that, we're going to work you into individual player NIL deals like that conversation has to happen now. Yep. New class being offered gambling 101. Kayshawn Bodie. Hey, Booty, can you teach us risk management 101? D-Rock Irish, good morning to you. Read the fine print, parents and student-athletes, bro. The ink isn't dry yet. You're not even joking. That's that's like legit. You better read the fine print. Uh, biggest stories in sports this morning, brought to you by our friends at Big O Tire and American Fork, your total car care experts. Jake Retzloff, every Thursday morning, the starting quarterback at BYU, joins us at 7.30 Thursdays. Thanks to our friends at Big O Tire, an NIL deal. Uh, in American Fork, find him on social media. You can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter. Big O Tires and American Fork, whether it's tires. They've done my tires, my brakes, my tint, my oil changes. You name it. Big O Tires and American Fork gets it done at a very high level. Small business, local business owner, my guy Ryan at Big O Tires. Tell him you heard about him on the Monty Show. You need tires, great. You need alignment, great. You want a lift kit on your truck or your Jeep? Uh, you need... Anything having to do with your brakes, your transmission, knock it down. Big O Tires and American Fork. Uh, I think this story this morning with LeBron, we opened the show with a Woj bomb like one minute before we went on the show. Uh, Woj reporting the Lakers and Warriors had uh, LeBron James trade talks right up to the deadline. Uh, the Lakers, according to Woj and Ramona Shelburne at ESPN, had no real interest but had serious talks. Um, as Draymond Green was said to be the catalyst. Now, Draymond and LeBron are very good friends. They're represented by the same agent. Uh, LeBron and and Dre apparently talked about this. Draymond went to the Lakeups, who owned the Warriors, who went to Jeannie Buss, who owns the Lakers. Rich Paul was involved. Very, very interesting. Also of note today, an injunction uh, should be should be coming down. Most people believe this judge will. Uh, put an injunction in place, uh, banning the NCAA from enforcing NIL restrictions, allowing schools to pay athletes directly through NIL funds. We expect that today. Another huge story, the Pac-12 has begun to move on George Klyovkov, according to uh, Yahoo Sports' Ross Dellinger. The Pac-12 has begun the process of terminating George Klyovkov. A very interesting dynamic at play in the Pac-12 is that uh, the conference, which is, let's be honest, uh, Washington State and Oregon State, notified the exiting 10 members yesterday that they had begun the process of terminating George Klyovkov, which they expect to happen here very quickly. It tells you that the business of the Pac-12's future is well underway. I think George Klyovkov becomes one of the true villains uh, in the history of college football, the entire history of college football, my belief is that George Klyovkov becomes a villain. And I think, as we have told you for months and months, his ineptitude, his incompetence, his inability to lead, in my opinion, is what was ultimately the undoing of the Pac-12. And I think there was an absolute loss of confidence at the 11th hour where you add Washington and Oregon bailing, which triggered Utah to bail, which triggered Arizona and Arizona State and Colorado. And really, Arizona had let everybody know ahead of time, as did Colorado. But it really cemented the destruction 
of the Pac-12. And I think it was simply a matter of when, not if, the remaining two members of the Pac-12 moved on from George Klyovkov. And I think one of the more interesting stories today uh, as well is what Kirk Schultz, the uh, member of the Pac-12 who sits on the college football playoff committee, has asked from the college football playoff committee, which, listen, if we're going to say that George Klyovkov is delusional, how is this request from Kirk Schultz not delusional, which will be vetted out tomorrow uh, when the executive committee gets together, George Klyovkov be damned. Kurt Schultz has asked the college football playoff committee to guarantee beyond 2025 into the new contract that the PAC-2, regardless of their affiliation or conference construct, are guaranteed the maximum allowable payout from the college football committee, which would currently be $12 million. $6 million a piece. <laughs> and they would like to continue to have their seat on the executive committee to have a say in the direction of the college football playoff. Now, we have told you for two weeks since that came out that they were laughed at. Kirk Schultz, there was an audible chuckle at his request. Now, tomorrow when the executive committee meets via Zoom, he will make his case that this is what should happen. Jake, I don't see anybody approving the Pac-2 getting the maximum allowable payout regardless of their conference or their conference construct. I just don't know why you would. I don't know how this helps anybody else. That That's the question I have. How does, how does giving the Pac-2 this type of money help anybody what 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 is that accomplish you know it, it would be one thing if you know you had a 10-team conference and for whatever reason you know they lost affiliation or you know this something happened but they still had all their members they were still a viable conference everything was was kosher outside of the fact that you were not any longer you know connected to the college football playoff for whatever reason but that's not what it is you have two teams and your two teams are are irrelevant they, they, they are not any type of uh, uh, significance to the college football playoff, just generally speaking in the big picture. You haven't competed for a spot. Uh, you haven't been in the conversation. It just is what it is. So I'm trying to understand how is it that this group of people is going to sit here and be like, yeah, Kirk, we, we should really do this to to help you guys because it does exactly nothing for us. That's what I don't understand. And and Schultz has to ask for this. Like he's doing his job. He has and, to. And, and I respect it. I, I get it. But I, I just think that in business, like when you look at the, the breaking LeBron news, that makes sense for both sides, right? Hey, Lakers eventually are going to move on. Warriors get Braun. Okay, everybody wins. This doesn't make sense for the committee. This doesn't make sense for the schools who are regularly involved in the college football playoff. And to me... If you're if you're the Pac-2, it, it's high time to go ahead and get the merger done with the Mountain West and then go to the college football playoff committee and say, hey, this is what we have to offer. Make your case that you're still a P5. Yeah. Because I think there's some important context here. The college football playoff committee, through no need of a unanimous vote, basically put a rule in place that said the Pac-12 is no longer a P5 conference. You have to have eight teams in your conference to be considered a P5. 
The other important context here is, is that Kirk Schultz essentially confirmed in interviews this week what we've been reporting for, what, since October? He's not going to stand in the way of a move to 5'7". Mm-hmm. And as we told you, why is that? Because he needs more at-large bids. Because they're not a P5. So what are they? They're essentially a G5 that needs to have an at-large bid. Mm -hmm. And if there are only six at-large bids, that's, now I know this is crazy, not as many as seven. What? Right? What? So you're looking at a situation where Kirk Schultz is not saying, here's a gun, I'm pointing it at your head, give me what I want. What he's saying is, I want to be heard. He wants a voice. Mm -hmm. I ultimately think that's what he's after because he knows he needs the five seven to happen. Well, and I think the dynamic of the power struggle is quite fascinating. Like, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people months ago, and you guys remember, right? A lot of people were like, "Oh, well, they're going to get hundreds of millions of dollars, and Kirk is going to stand in the way, and he's going to be Superman." Excuse me, it's, it's Schultz. Uh, you know, the Schultzinator <laughs> is is you know going to stand in the way, and it's like, no, dude, you don't understand the business of college football. Imagine one individual sitting in a room of people just as powerful, if not more powerful than you are. You're sitting there and you're going to try and stand in the way of what this this committee's doing. You you think that that's going to work out well for you? I got news for you. That's not how human beings work. That's not how conversations work, right? Kirk Kirk needs the 57, but he also needs revenue to help push his dead conference forward if he has any hope of surviving as a p5 so he's riding both sides of the fence here do you want to be a g5 and try to get more money or do you want to be a g5 approve the system and get more opportunity which should get you more money that's what i think people don't think about either way they will have the opportunity on the football field to go out and make their school money but that's the problem and this is what i've been saying for months and months and months I don't care who you are. If you lose on the football field, That's take right. your ass home. That's Nobody right. wants to talk to you. You are not important. You are not of relevance. I don't care what your name is, dude, because right. winning brings TV dollars. If you don't win, you don't have TV dollars. You don't have viewership. It just is. It, it, it's how the business is set up. So when I look at this situation and I, I put it in tandem with the NIL conversation we just got done having. You really tell me that Washington State is going to find a way to pay players? I, I think it's very difficult to – Washington State, I think UCLA's in this exact situation. Exact situation. The University of California at Los Angeles is broke. So is Washington State. So is Arizona. Again, this is God-tier stuff. And I, I, we have a huge audience in the state of Arizona and Phoenix. Bless you all because you're in for a long ride. Arizona State is not well-heeled. Arizona is not well-heeled. Washington State, love all of you guys on the Palouse. Spokane, hello. You're irrelevant. I knew today would be shitty. I think the one university here that's got the bread and the want to and the leadership is Oregon State. Mm -hmm. Oregon State needs a 5-7. They Oregon State wants wants you on that 5-7. They need you on that 5-7. Stand post, sir. Make it happen, sir. Right? Like, make it happen. And I think they will. I don't see any way that you don't. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's simply a matter of time. Mm -hmm. And again, 
There is no place, there is no situation, there is no circumstance that allows the PAC-2 to have $600 million or stand on business and make sure that we get what we have coming. It doesn't work that way. Are we clear on that? You need the rest of the college football playoff executive committee to help you. And they don't need you. And at the end of the day, the ultimate thing that I think Schultze realizes is that he's not going to compete at the highest level, period. They can't afford NIL. They're not going to pay players. If they could, they're not in a P5 conference. You're not like, what's a mid-table program in the SEC? You're not Mississippi State. Mississippi State. You're not Florida. You're not LSU. No, LSU's power. <laughs> I know. Why are you I being know. a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> Gary? Gary? Two holes Gary? said that, not Monty. <laughs> Old Uncle Monty. Hey, is, okay, man. He said that. But if you look at the mid-table teams, yeah. if, if you look at right now the the new four in the in the Big 12, and is Colorado a powerhouse in the Big 12? Not right now. Is Houston, Cincinnati, is Cincinnati going to compete at the top of the college football world? No. I don't think so. This is in Dakota Tubbs. I love you, my guy. Is a mid-table team like Missouri who had their finest season in a decade captured your heart and dreams. How are they going to compete when this injunction gets put in place? Mm -hmm. Look at Arkansas, right? Arkansas. It's Arkansas. Arkansas. The Razorbacks. Going to be tough. Going to be tough. Sean Rollins, good morning to you. He gifts a Monty Show membership. Dakota Tubbs. Hey, Dakota Tubbs. Who's screwing over a guy first in NIL? Penn State? That's not funny. See, so see what he did there? That's a sex scandal reference. Um, you There's know, no, there is no Jerry Sandusky Memorial Scholarship. Yeah. That's right, T. I'm going to stop. Uh, Matt Ritson, before I go to prison. Uh, $5. Rintaro Sasaki. Okay. Bro, Dude. what are you talking about, man? <laughs> Seven o'clock. Now, like, Matt, listen, dude, you're my dude. You what the fuck are you? Pay five dollars to say some asshole named Rintaro Sasaki, <laughs> who's a high school baseball player, is going to Stanford next year. <laughs> my prayers have been answered. Jesus. And Cody Bellinger still has not been re-signed by the Chicago Cubs. Oh, I'm sure Rintaro Sasaki has a just, better just Rintaro, just Rintaro. Uh, the the Sasakinator has a better opportunity to play for the Cubs this year than Cody Bellinger. Yeah, you know Gumby fresh in. Uh, I heard that Colorado was going to the Big Twelve. Any truth to that rumor? And sources? No, I don't believe that will happen. Uh, D Rock, if this happens, get ready for for the spring portal, bro. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Wasikowski. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Arch Manning is making more than Brock Purdy. Just think about that. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Mark Hales. So if athletes are employees, does Title IX go away? Mm. Here's the question. If the the NCAA and the federal folks don't want to enforce Title IX. Does Title IX exist? Because there have been some real situations where it doesn't feel like they want to enforce Title IX. You know, but that that could just be me. Oh. But whatever. Uh, Tanner Plummer. 
I do think when it comes to TV dollars, brand may play a bigger role than winning on the field. Think about it. Even if Bama, USC, Notre Dame sucked, people still be watching them. That's true, BYU. But did, did you know who Bama was before Nick Saban? Well, no, because nobody in, on this show except for me was alive before Nick Saban got to Bama. I know who Mike Shula is. Did you watch Colorado football before Dion was there? No, because didn't, didn't they just form the University of Colorado two years ago when Dion got? I mean, he was the first ever. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't the guy yelling about intramuros, but you know, right is what it is. Uh, Washington State. Kirk wants to be heard all uh, by all of the other schools who are going to be left out of God tier to help rebuild the pack. Well, I mean, that's one strategy that's been floated around is that. Kirk Schultz is in favor of God tier because it helps him get other universities to join his league. Yeah. So I don't think that's the worst. Oh, look, it's Big Daddy Magic. Oh. Hey, playa. The Pac-12 Pac is dead. Like parachute pants, Notre Dame football dynasties. Discoit's just part of the history books now, playa. Okay. Notre Dame, our mother. Bro, really good job. He deserves a lot of credit there. First of all, you deserve credit for reading the whole comment. But second of all, thank you. But second of all, making progress. Big Daddy Magic just just commented on the show without referencing T Swift or VW. That's progress. Or or no, not gonna say it. Uh, OG Gary, they're fighting for clicks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that awkward guy. People still care about baseball. I love Dude, baseball. I love baseball. I love baseball. Uh, Goku's says, unfortunately, Washington state doesn't have the money ratings. Yes. Football can be good. Like it was a few years ago. I, I, I agree a hundred percent, but people watch. And this is, again, we've been saying that, mm -hmm. um, people watch Washington state football. We were saying that people watch. I don't know why they watch, but people watch Rollacock loses job. Like people watch Washington state football. And yet, still, they nobody and stuff. That's the the thing. Boyd Lake, uh, they built the Buffs to be home for Prime. I believe, and and on it, didn't they just make the University of Colorado like three years ago? In anticipation that Dion would take that job, right? Like, I, and my guess is that you know, wasn't it Cordell Stewart, Rashawn Salam, the late Rashawn Salam. They went to Colorado State. They didn't go to Colorado. I, it, I, right. My memory is a little... Anyway, sorry, Malin. I can't help. You guys realize it's Valentine's Day, and we're going to talk about how lonely millennials are, so they are using AI boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> now, real quick before that comments, because I'm... Thank you. We've all messed around with Siri. If you ask Siri, hey, ass, do you love me? You have pleasured yourself to Siri. No, that's not what I said. Yes, dude. that's exactly that's what, what you I said. said. What does messed around mean? You know, when you ask Siri or Alexa dumbass questions. I would never do that. You've done that all the time. I have not. Yes, I've, yes, never, yes. I've never done that. Hey, Siri. Do you love me? Well, I enjoy spending quality time with you. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a breakup if I've ever heard one. <laughs> hey, Siri, will you marry me? I'd rather DJ the wedding. 
Oh, wow. wow. Hey, Siri, are you sexy? You won't answer that question. <laughs> hey, Siri, are you sexy? There's nobody calling right now. No, I'm good. See how she just answers a different question? That's the politician. I, well, it, I, I have never done that before. I don't know why. Right, right. I have asked. I have asked Alexa. Alexa, thank my driver. God, why do you always turn my Alexa on? It's so I'll, annoying. People hate when I do that. Uh, Harry Austin. I yes, I watched CU football since the late '80s. Never mind. Maybe this is the wrong. Uh, maybe that is what's wrong with me. Some great years in the '90s. Well, dark, dark days. Exactly. Dakota Tubbs, if Washington State doesn't have any money, then they must have a lot of broken levees they can't afford to fix. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here Brand, we no. Go. Brandon Butler, if you violate Title IX as a school, you can receive any – you can not receive any federal funds for students. Well, you have to be found guilty. Uh, OG Gary, Jake told Siri he loved her, then blocked her. Well. <laughs> what did you get James for Valentine's Day? I didn't get him anything. How come? Because but we're not we're not together. That's not <laughs> you act like it's some shocking revelation. Bro. You told him you loved him. Yeah, that was a joke. It was a play on no, words. It, it, I love you is not something you joke about. I didn't say those I are love very you. yes, you I fucking said, did. Love, yes, you, you, bro. love you. I love you. I love you, James. I believe was exactly, and then you said, I love you. That is not what I said. Keep it real. That is not what I said. I'm pretty pretty sure that's what James said to you. Oh, James. Oh, okay. Um, Stay me. (laughs) I'm so bricked up right now. Hey, James, uh, can I see your mullet? Stop. He Stop. broke up with you over text it, message? You, you blo- And then you blocked him. I thought about getting him a uh, die-cast stadium, but, you know, that didn't – I just – I felt like that would be too much. I I, uh, I turned Siri off literally and figuratively. Okay. She doesn't answer me on my phone anymore. If I just say, hey, Siri, with my phone open, hey, Siri. Nah, she like, hey, I ain't here for this today. For that, man. Tanner Plummer. In all seriousness, why? Why? Be serious. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles struggled in their first year with Nick Sirianni, and yet still people watch them. Not saying winning doesn't matter, but I do think brands play bigger roles with TV dollars. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the Eagles have to do with this. Oh, that said Dion in Colorado. I, sorry, I misread that. <laughs> I <laughs> See, that was really good. That was smooth too boyd lake eric the enemy was a csu ram too i believe he was ram they're talking about hiring him as their offensive coordinator in kansas city again yeah not to not call plays uh wasikowski plymouth canton uh indiana purdue i will have more pull than washington state nobody has less pull than purdue yeah nobody well maybe iowa but purdue uh, let's see. Tanner Plummer, uh, Dallin Holker's a CSU Ram too. Man, that's dude. Wow. Did, did Jake break up with Siri via text? I believe he did. Jake put a new air freshener in the Subi for Valentine's day. Uh huh. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Joseph Harper. Wazoo only one game behind Arizona in the pack. So their basketball program has improved. Well, thank God we're saved because Aaron Wilson gave a Monty show membership. 
got to keep up here. You got to you got to keep up. Paulo, please stop yelling in the mic, crashing my crapping computer speakers at work. <laughs> Tanner Plummer, why so serious? Yeah, I don't know. Jake and James Valentine's couple of the year. Uh, that's what I'd I like. mean. You if, know. What do we? What is the name for you and 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 James? Because if we've got Swifty or Swelsy or um, something, T Swifty, Kelsey, what are we going to call you and Oak State James? Uh, Jakey Two James? I, <laughs> you know. Jakey Two Stoolwater? The Stoolwaters? Yeah, the Stoolwaters. You know. Yeah. I'm just asking. Ron Nolan, the last time I was at Folsom Field was the Rolling Stones Tattoo You Tour in 1983. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, Mike Smith, Siri reported Monty to HR. They advised her to keep uh to be quiet. I, I guess. You know. Uh Gumby Fresh Out, Jakey Two Stools. There you go. Oak State Jake. It, well, he is a huge Mike Gundy. Never mind. Look at his mullet. He's growing a mullet oh, quite nah. literally. I'm a man. Why aren't you growing a mullet? I'm not a mullet guy, dude. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just asking. For I'm a, I'm asking for a friend. All right. Uh, let's talk about the NFL draft, uh, here on the Monty show presented by the advocates, the advocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. You guys, you know, it, it was interesting. I was talking to Jennifer over at the advocates yesterday and right now, one of their, their biggest, you know, things that they're seeing their caseloads, they're seeing far more of semi truck and trailer accidents involving just average Americans getting in wrecks with semi trucks. I can't even imagine the damage that does to you physically. Imagine how you will feel emotionally. You get into an accident with a with a a semi truck, or if you are a semi truck and you get into an accident because a car drifted in front of you, and you lose. What if you're an owner operator of that that semi truck, and you you no longer have that semi truck? What if you didn't have the right insurance and you can't afford to replace that semi truck? Now you've lost your living. You didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve for somebody to cut you off. You didn't deserve for a truck to run into you or rear-end you. You need an advocate. You need somebody that's going to fight for you. That's why you go to theadvocates.com where you can confidentially talk to an attorney live online at theadvocates.com 24-7-365. There's a chat with an attorney button right there. It costs you nothing. It does not cost you a penny to talk to one of the best injury attorneys in the business at the advocates because there are no consultation fees and no retainers. You never reach into your pocket to pay the advocates because you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. And when you work with the advocates, they're going to take care of your medical bills for you. They're going to make sure that your job is secure. They're going to make sure that all of that insecurity that you are feeling that's preventing you from getting back to your best health that's preventing you from enjoying your 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 time with your family. Let them take all of that nervousness. Let them take all of that insecurity while you get healthy and happy again at theadvocates.com. No matter where you're listening to this show, theadvocates.com. Live online, chat with an attorney, tell them you heard about it on The Monty Show. Uh, what will the Chicago Bears do with the number one pick in the draft? I think... This is that time of year because now we're seeing all of the mock drafts come out. And having worked with a young chap named Field Yates at ESPN, I think one of the best talent evaluators in all of football. 
Field Yates at ESPN. He put out his mock draft, and he has got Caleb Williams going number one to the Chicago Bears. Does that make sense to you, that the Bears would draft Caleb Williams? And if they draft Caleb Williams, do they keep Justin Fields? Yeah, all jokes aside, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I disagree with the strategy completely. I think, you know, when the, when we were at the, hey, are you going to fire the old flucinator? Are you going to keep him? I was very much in agreement with you. If you fire him, you should draft Caleb Williams. If you don't fire him, you should keep Justin Fields. And I only say that because it doesn't make sense. You're keeping your defensive-minded head coach, but you're drafting the best quarterback in the draft by most people's uh, measurements. Right. So. To me, it doesn't make sense. I disagree with the strategy, but frankly, all jokes aside, for the Bears, who would be surprised? This is what they've shown us with their behavior, that they don't understand how to draft. They don't understand how to build a, a, a proper, uh, what I would call organizational tree, where you've got your you know president of football ops, you know, you've got your GM, and then you've got your head coach, and those three individuals are in alignment, and whoever you wind up drafting a quarterback is in alignment with the head coach, and they have a great relationship. Because, again, I do think that's the linchpin of all successful NFL franchises in the league right now. The head coach and the quarterback have to have a great relationship, and when they do, uh, everything seems to work out just fine. And, and yes, that includes... Uh, the 49ers, that would include the Ravens, that would include Cincinnati. Uh, it remains to be seen in, in Charger land, but I think it includes the Chargers. You look at the teams that are productive and are playoff teams every year, and they typically have a good head coach-quarterback relationship. And Correct. so when I look at Caleb Williams, I say, yes, this guy, skill set-wise, has everything you need to be successful in the NFL, right? He can run, he can roll, he can throw. He he runs for effect to open up throwing lanes, which I think is incredibly valuable in today's league uh, and environment in the NFL. But the problem is, is I don't think Caleb Williams wants to play for the Bears. He said that. And yes, they've come back and retracted a bit and said, hey, we just want to play somewhere where they care about winning and winning is number one. Right. But you're never going to undo what you said initially about, hey, don't draft me. I don't want to play for you. Like, I'm not interested. You're not going to undo that. So Field Yates has him going number one overall. Yeah, he probably should go number one overall. But the Bears being the Bears have messed this up 10 ways to Sunday. Who Who is the best quarterback in this draft? Because I think this is this is a fascinating discussion. It should be Caleb Williams. But I think we all have questions about his emotional composure. I think we all have questions about uh, his personality. He's the guy that does interviews with his helmet on, which makes you nervous. Those guys typically have not done well. And I say that in all seriousness, Ricky Williams in marijuana. Uh, but I also look at guys like Michael Penix Jr. I think if he goes through the physicals and the medicals at the combine well, I think he is going to move up draft boards significantly. I think people have real reservations about his ACL situation. Uh, I look at Jaden Daniels and I ask myself because he he is in most mock drafts today on Valentine's Day. I love you, February fourteenth. I look at Jaden Daniels as the number two quarterback right now. Mm -hmm. Now the combine's going to change a lot of this. I get that, but leading up to the combine here in a couple of weeks and and where we are today, Jaden Daniels is is slated to be the number two quarterback off the board, which I think is wild. Mm -hmm. I think Drake may 
is the second best. And I think I could make an argument that Drake May, who should have been the starting quarterback at Alabama, mm -hmm. I think Drake May is the best quarterback in this draft. And ultimately, I think he's got a shot. I worry about Michael Penix being a left-handed passer. One, he takes an inordinate amount of hits, and I think it's because he's a bigger frame. Josh Allen, Ben Roethlisberger, right. those guys that stand in the pocket and deliver the football tend to take bigger hits. I worry about, again, Jaden is a guy that is of slight, slight frame. Wonderful athlete, wonderful passer. Right. Not in love with that body. And I think, you know, if you're a team in the NFL draft, you got to make, you know, as far as who you would prioritize in order with these quarterbacks, I think you got to be honest about your offensive line situation. You know, if, you, if you've if you got a, a good offensive line, then, yeah, you could take a flyer on Jaden Daniels, right? Because you know you're going to be able to protect him. But if, if you have a suspect offensive line and, you know, you need someone that can move around a lot, yeah, you probably should be in the in the Caleb Williams, you know, Penix situation. Yeah you know, someone that can take abuse or run away from the abuse. And I think that, you know, as far as the left-handed situation with Penix, I, I think it's a really interesting question because we've seen guys in the league who are left-handed, but typically they're smaller guys, right? I mean, obviously Tua right now, but, you know, I, I look at, you know, whoever you want to point to, some of the best left-handed guys, they've never been like six five units. And Penix is a guy who is tall and and really has a presence back there. And so to me, I feel like he might be able to buck the trend as far as left-handers go. But I definitely think that's something to look at for sure. Him being left-handed is that's always been a thing for NFL squads. So I think for Caleb Williams, the biggest thing is going to be go to the combine, you know, do all the interviews, show your, show your uh, emotional stability and leave the combine just with a positive review. That's all you're looking for. Well, I also think that my favorite comparison to Michael Penix, and I think it makes a lot of sense, is he's a left-handed Justin Herbert because he's got the arm. He is a guy that is much more comfortable standing in the pocket. Um, he has got a statuesque delivery, and he can throw the ball 60, 70 yards down the field. And I, I'm curious where he ends up. I think there is a lot of people who believe that he's a great fit um, for the Oakland. We moved to Las Vegas Raiders. I think he is a, exactly the right pick there. And if you're, if you're any of these teams looking to move up, and I think there are significant numbers of teams that are in on quarterbacks. If you are the New England Patriots, are you selling out to get to the number one spot? If you're Washington and you just hired Cliffy to be your offensive coordinator, mm -hmm. are you selling out to get Caleb Williams? I I think you are. I look at the Arizona Cardinals. You're not doing anything but wide receiver. Nothing. The LA Chargers, you're doing nothing but offensive line. Yeah. The New York Giants, I think this is a huge question. You have a massive financial commitment to Daniel Jones. I, I don't know how you don't end up with Malik Neighbors. And then there's there's Atlanta. And I asked myself, what are the Atlanta Falcons doing? Because Field Yates has them taking Dallas Turner, the edge out of Alabama. Do you, do you have a quarterback there? No. Do you as the Jets have a quarterback there? Nope. Do you as the Vikings have a quarterback there? I don't think you do. And then there's Denver. 
Field Yates has Denver at 12, taking free Harbaugh from Michigan. Uh-huh. Are you telling me he's a better pick than a Bo Nix? Now, I will say the same thing I've said for months and months. I don't believe Bo Nix is a franchise quarterback. I certainly don't believe that that Free Harbaugh is a franchise quarterback. You know, I think he's a runner. I think what you saw on the field this year was him at his best, and that's him as a runner. They ran, was it Ohio State or Penn State, where they ran like 26 straight times? He was Penn State. They ran 26 straight times. And why do you do that? Because Michael Penix isn't your quarterback. Free Harbaugh is. Yes. I think that's a, that's a huge question for me. But you look at you look at the the Raiders. The Raiders are at thirteen. Do do you trade up to try and get Michael Penix Jr.? Yeah, I mean, I think for the Raiders that that makes a lot of sense. You know, having Devontae, you know, having having a team that's like kind of, you know, is it has showed some nice moments last year, but was never really able to get over the hump. Yeah, it would make sense to go out and get a, a quarterback that. You know, everybody can rally around. I, I think that's been their their biggest issue. I mean, I, I love that they went and got Devontae, but you got to have someone to throw him the ball. That's the issue. Yeah, and I, I think when you look at Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, I, I just don't know. I don't see franchise quarterback no, there. No, hell no. And when you have a guy like a Drake May, a Caleb Williams, a Michael Penix, where are we at on Jaden Daniels? I mean, I, I think he's wonderfully talented, but he's about 35 pounds. Yeah, I, I think that I'm in the same place with Jaden Daniels as I was with Bryce Young. I think he's incredibly talented. I think that, you know, he can throw it with the best of them. Mentally, he's there. But when you're that slight, I, that changes things. I mean, if you if you have a quarterback who's, you know, 6'5", 225, he can take abuse. You don't need to worry as much about his availability. But Bryce Young. Uh, really wasn't able to do much this year. And, and he's got a crappy offensive line, not a good mm. team. I get it. I'm not saying he sucks, but what I am saying is that when you're in the draft and you're considering moving up to get guys like this, like what good is having them if you can't protect them? And, and so I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm honestly much more in the camp of, Hey, like go out in this year's draft and build a great offensive line, make your running game better, right? Like understand you're playing the long game. If you're, you know, if you're the Falcons, if you're the Raiders, like you, you, you yeah. have to be, if you're going to spend a top 10 pick on a quarterback, everything else has to be right. In my opinion, before you go and do that. Yeah. I just, I am not, I want to see muscle mass. I want to see poundage Yeah, on Jaden Daniels. The guy is just, I mean, he's a dude that is what? Six, three, six, four. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe for a second that every day of his life, he's 200 pounds. And I know that's what, what LSU was pushing. Your eyes don't lie, right? It, it, when you look at a guy like Jaden Daniels, he is slight. He is not big. He is a small quarterback. He looks small. And the hits that he takes, God damn, you're not going to get away with that in the NFL. You're, you're just not, you 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 in this league have seen too many RG3s, Lamar Jacksons. Yeah. You've seen too many uh, verticality in Arizona. You've seen too many of these dudes take these hits. And Jaden Daniels is a guy who needs to play at a frenetic pace. He loves when the fire is heavy, getting outside the pocket, rolling to his right and, and delivering a football. But 
he takes these enormous hits. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you invest in that. Yeah, and I think, you know, for the other thing for these top-end quarterbacks is in college, they could just run around and out-talent you, right? They didn't they didn't really need to, you know, with, with the exception of the SEC guys, they didn't really need to mentally, you know, be playing at such a high level that that's why they won. Now, were they locked in? Did they understand the defense? Sure. But but they were always Jaden Downs is always going to be able to run away from someone, right? Like Caleb Williams is always going to be able to run away from that defensive end chasing him. But you're not running away from the Boses of the world, no, right? You're not running away from Aiden Hutchinson. You're not running away from these guys who make a living running you down. And so, to me, I look at this and I say, okay, which of these quarterbacks is going to be willing to play from the pocket, play pro style, hand it off, you know, pitch it off? And, and wait for their time because that's what I think the young guys struggle with so much. They don't understand that that you don't have to carry the team 100% of the time. 90, 85% of the time, all you got to do is just put your guy in a position to have success, yeah. right? And, and Which so, is what Purdy's done very well, even yes. on that ball in the end zone to Debo. Debo was catching it or it was not going to be completed. Yeah. Right? And I, I don't know. That's it, just me. I look at a. I look at Jaden Daniels, and I. I just don't believe in the size. Tanner Plummer. Why would the Chiefs draft another quarterback? I. I think if you can get the next Patrick Mahomes, you always have to have two guys that can play. It, it again is why Chase Daniel had such a great career as a backup, yeah. and Rex Grossman, and think about Nick your Foles. Nick Foles, your Garden Variety quarterback, because you always need two. Yeah, because Tom Brady is going to get hurt. And Jimmy G was there to step in or Matt Castle was there to step in. Yeah. You're going to, that's going to happen. Um, Get a QB as an undrafted free agent would be a better idea, but I could be wrong. Well, I I also think you have to see how the draft plays out. And there are, there are, there are backups out there, but man. And I also think that the, the cute little Cinderella story with Brock Purdy being the last guy drafted doesn't happen regularly. Not at all. I agree. Uh, Washington State go Cougs. Experts say Penix going second or third round. Low first round is where Penix ends up. I think second round. I I don't know that we can make a projection. He needs to pass his physicals, and he needs to pass them well at the combine. Because if his knees are an issue, that's going to hurt him. OG yeah. Gary, Jaden is 6'4", 220. He is nowhere near 220 pounds. Nowhere near. Uh, y'all acting like he's 6'4", 165. He is 6'4", and he's 200 pounds. Maybe. I, I, I have his, his – he's 6'4", 210, and that's on ESPN. So that's a number being fed to them by LSU, dude. He is not 220. There's no chance on God's green earth he's 220. He dude. is not close to 220. He is – Jaden Daniels is that guy, and he's talked about this nutritionally. He's struggled to keep weight on. And he is that guy that's going to, that today, I think he walks around probably heavier than he would during the season because the cardio is down. I hope he has been lifting. If he gets to the combine and he's, and he is 215, I think he's in great shape to yeah. be drafted. Yeah. But you look at Drake May, Drake May is, is 6'4", 230. Imagine what 30 pounds does to a quarterback. A lot. Dude. He is not, he is not 220. There's no chance that not a, not a day in his life has he been 220 pounds. Uh, Gumby fresh out. I want to see poundage. Uncle Monty 2024. Well, I mean, you know. I think I've hit it every time. 
Uh, Fat Jesus, I heard Daniels has been hitting the weight room hard and he's gained a pound since the bowl game. So he's 211. Okay. okay. I like it. I like it. Tanner, can these QBs stay in the pocket and trust their own line? It's a question I ask every draft. Of course, that's why drafting offensive linemen is also important. And that sounds kind of out of pocket, bro. It does. I, I just don't. If you're the Bears, you you're you have so many needs beyond the quarterback. Yes. You have you have the reins of the Bears. Do you trade Justin Fields? Uh yeah, I probably would, but I also would not have kept Eberflus. I would have moved on from that. I would have said, "Hey, we need to start new here. We need to go out, get Cliff Kingsbury, draft Caleb Williams and go all in on that." And and if that fails, okay, that's fine. We all agree if we got an offensive-minded head coach and the best quarterback in the draft and that fails, then it is what it is. We just have to move on. We're going into year four of Justin Fields, and we're still asking if he's an NFL quarterback. Doesn't that answer the question? Yeah. You're you're going into his fourth year, and you're still wondering. That's, that's the answer. There's no question anymore. If he's an NFL quarterback, he'll be somebody else's NFL quarterback. Yes. The Bears do not develop quarterbacks. It's why Mitch Trubisky got cut by the Steelers yesterday. Well, it's why they never have had a franchise guy, right? I mean, again, why? Uh, it's what I always say. Why is Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes? Oh, that's right, because he sat behind someone who taught him. He sat behind a veteran who was not the best quarterback in the league at any point in his career, but made a living off the mental side of the game, understanding, hey, this is where the pressure's coming from, and this is where the football should go based on the coverage pre-snap. This is a dude who's not played a full season in three years. This is a dude uh, who only completes 60% of his passes, and this is a dude who in total is thrown for 6,600 yards in three years. That's a lot of quarterbacks are 5,000-plus yards now. Many, several quarterbacks. This cat's best year is 2,562, 16 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Yeah. That's his best year. And, and, and he doesn't play 17 games. He doesn't play a full complement of games. I, the question's been answered. You should trade Justin Fields and you should draft Caleb Williams. Is that going to happen? I don't know. We'll see. No. Uh, I just, I think you have to, I can't see them drafting Caleb and keeping Justin Fields. That would be wild. There's no way you can do that. You either trade Justin Fields, and I think you have to do that before the draft, mm -hmm. or you're keeping him. You're not going to trade him after the draft. You're not, you either trade him before the draft or you're not drafting Caleb Williams. Facts. Period. And but again, it's the Bears. And if you're gonna trade the pick, you better do it an hour before the pick. Because you better get top dollar. And flipping spots from one to two or whatever, that's you did that last year. And how did it work out? It was not good. It was not good. Yeah, you need to move far enough down where you're getting significant payment for that. Pick. I would much rather see this team sign a significant free agent quarterback than or trade for a quarterback, then draft a guy that you know you can't develop because your head football coach is a defensive yes, coordinator. Yes, yes, yes. 
I, but again, the Bears seem to mess it up every single year. They don't understand, hey, you can't have a defensive-minded head coach and expect him to, to develop quarterback. That does yeah. that just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Tubbs, Alex Smith, elite game manager, just couldn't get past Brady. And and that's fine. See, that's my point, though. The But the Bears don't have that luxury. Alex was dynamic until Jim Harbaugh got to San Francisco, and then Jim wanted Colin Kaepernick to be his guy. And, hey, you're the head coach. Make that choice, man. But it was a miserable failure. Miserable failure. Brandon Butler, if I was the Bears, I would trade first and fields, get Penix and a bunch of picks, and do everything to build our talent. I don't think, is Michael Penix a risk? I think that is, boy, Michael Penix, his, the injury bug scares me because he stands in the pocket and he takes a lot of hits. And he's had big injuries, man. Big, big injuries. I mean, I, I again, I, I will say I think the best quarterback in this draft is Drake May. His skill set is elite. Right. I want to see him do it at the, the combine. But this is a cat that could have gone anywhere in college. Brother played basketball at North Carolina. Right. He went to North Carolina on a legacy. He went to North Carolina to play for Mac Brown. I think, I mean, you walked away from Nick Saban. You're a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, and, and and again, typically with college quarterbacks, it's the one who maybe isn't regarded as the best headed into the draft that turns out to be the best uh, in the league because they work the hardest. And I always, I love the idea that people will continue to say, well, they they passed on Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes isn't isn't a three-time Super Bowl champion if he's wearing a Chicago Bears hat. Facts. He's not. Because you don't have Andy Reid there. Uh, Delara, Casey should take a QB in the late four to seven rounds because you get a decent backup develop. And if you don't need to replace Patrick in four years, for whatever reason, you start over. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, Zachy to Pittsburgh. I think he's going to have a very difficult time getting a job. Yeah. The, the behind the scenes stuff where he refused to come back in the game. Dude, that's tough. That's I, and again, I know. I don't believe that Zach Wilson's an NFL quarterback. What? I, I don't believe. I don't think now, mentally what he's on cut out earth for it. Would tell you that, man. The Jets are a dumpster fire, and I think you don't recover from what Zachy Poo went through with the Jets. I do think that Zach Wilson, provided he's got the correct people around him in a new opportunity, could develop one day into a starter. But I think for now, I, you got to put him on your bench and develop him. And, and I think the sad part is. Zach has a great arm. Zach has talent, but he's not getting developed because what does he have? Is Jaron Hall an NFL quarterback? Uh, no, not right now. I like Jaron Hall, but he, again, more development. More injury time. More not performing is what it is. I'm, I'm just telling you, BYU needs to hit a home run. You need another Kyle Van Oy. You need another Fred Warner. You need... You need guys, and you need a quarterback, and I'm hoping it's Jake Retzloff, the BYU, right? He needs to be that dude. Yeah. And I hope he is because he's got an unbelievable skill set. He does. Uh, already read that one. MH5, year four, Mahomes had a couple of AFC championships in a Super Bowl. Not yeah, close. but that's not going to happen for Justin Fields, bud. Not with Andy Reid. Not with. All the development that Kansas City dumped into him in an, in an elite offensive line. Tyreek Hill, Swelsey, 
I mean, everything you need. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Chris E. Caleb ain't special. The USC blowout of Louisville in a bowl game with a third string QB shows Lincoln made all those QBs. This will be another Murray. Um, I mean, there's no getting around the USC slash Lincoln Riley pro quarterback reputation. That said, I think, yeah, you're going to have to prove to me that Caleb Williams sucks in the NFL. Well, (laughs) his size is not ideal, but you look at his numbers. I mean, his numbers are unbelievable. I mean, 10,000, where, what is that? Four, five, eight, right? Nine. Yeah, just about 10,000 yards passing in three years. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty good. And you look at, 93 touchdowns, you look at 14 interceptions. I'm going to say that's pretty good. Yes. Again, he's another size guy, but he doesn't take a lot of big hits. And he moves very well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Caleb Williams will be a bust in Chicago. Yeah, maybe. We don't develop quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins to Chicago, I highly doubt that. Uh, Big Daddy Magic, hey, playa. Bears won a Super Bowl with Jim McMahon. Okay. And Jim would, I love Jimmy. I have fond memories of Jim as a kid. And as an adult, I've talked to Jim several times. Jim was not an elite quarterback. Yeah. Jim was a good quarterback who had, Jim had the special ability to make moments. He was the hero the city needed. Yes. He was never an, an elite quarterback. He just wasn't. Uh, Bo Nix is a good game manager. I think he's a run first guy and that's terrifying. Uh, not sure where Zachy Pooh ends up, but no way does he go to the Rams. Steve Young is high. No chance. Uh, Bears had a chance at quarterback in 2017. How'd that go? Not well, Mitchell. Uh, OG Gary, Jaden, Caleb, Rattler, Travis, all major kits in my opinion. Uh, Jaden is not a ma- I, well, again. Who are you talking to, dude? Yeah. You're talking to an LSU guy. Spencer Rattler's not a good get. No. Travis who? When you say Travis, which one do you mean? And what am I missing there? I I don't think you're missing anything. I think OG Gary is high on his guy. Penix would need a lot of max protection. Bears would need better O-line to draft Penix. This is my point. If you're the Bears, dude, and and I know Poles has done a good job. He's made some trades. He's done some things. Okay, cool. But you haven't done anything transformational for the organization. It hasn't been. And again, that's not all on him, but 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 there's a lot of that. You're, there's no getting away from the fact that that front office said it was a good idea to bring this dude back and to run it back with Justin Fields and to essentially run it back with the same setup you have. How? Why? What was that? Who, who said? And, and that's what I struggle with. Great. Go out and draft Caleb Williams. He's going to get sacked a bunch of times. And he's sacked a bunch of times. Well, and it's it's why I say Anthony Richardson is such a massive risk. Yeah, you were right about him. He didn't learn his lesson quick enough. What Just happened? Got his shoulder crushed. He's finally this week throwing a football again after major shoulder surgery. Uh, speaking of combine, Keaton Slovis got a combine invite. Pleasantly surprised. He, I think that was a lock. Anytime you're a senior, quarterbacks are always going to get looks, right? Uh, Daniil Hunter to Detroit. I don't know. Did that happen? 
Uh, Boyd Lake, Zach is serviceable QB for the future. I don't think he is. Zach Wilson, I think, is mentally broken, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Chris, how long has Zach been in the NFL, and how long is C.J. Stroud being in the NFL? Zach is a bust. What has C.J. Stroud got to do with Zach Wilson? The, the two are completely unrelated. You want to know what's not unrelated? The systems they each wound up in. You wound up in a better situation in Houston and the worst situation arguably in the NFL in the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think. No, they're not comparable, man. Yeah. Uh, Bywater is the next dude. Yeah, I don't. Again, small guy, always injured. Right? I, I don't know about that. Dakota Tubbs, Taylor Swift can handle a ball better than Caleb Williams. Right. Zach is not starting QB in the NFL. He is a come uh, come off the bench backup for that game, then go get Falco out of retirement to start next week. Falco. Man, that was such a good movie. You don't even know what that is, do you? Uh, hey, yo, playa. If I was a quote quote back coming out of college, um, what's a quote back? I'd rather be drafted by the Bears than those miserable game green Jets. I don't disagree. The Jets are the worst situation in the NFL. Garbage, terrible. I don't want Caleb as a Bears fan. He puts up stats, but he has he won any big games? Well, <laughs> a lot that goes into that, dude. Lot that goes into that. Are we really blaming Caleb Williams for losing big games at USC? Well, we had to move on from blaming Lincoln Riley because if you remember, USC's not in the top cut anymore. So that's right. They don't they, have a brand. That's yeah, right. they don't have a brand. So it's just it's gonna be tough. They have one of the worst defense. Never mind. No, I, I'm not playing your game, Brandon. I'm not falling into your 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 quicksand. Dude wilts when the pressure's on. Okay, I I probably fell into the quicksand. Here, here we go. Dude wilts. Let's talk about 2022, shall we? Um, they lose 47-24 in the Pac-12 championship game. He throws for 363 yards and three scores. Sacked seven times. Okay. Okay. Um, the rivalry game that matters to them is UCLA. 470 yards, two touchdowns. They win 48-45. They gave up 47 points to Utah. Okay. Okay. Um, they lose to Utah, and they give up 43 points. Caleb is 381 in five touchdowns, no picks, sacked four times. Terrible performance in a huge game. I mean, are we being are, are we serious with this take? Like he threw for 4,000 yards in 2022. Okay, that was a fluke. 2022. <laughs> I thought you said that was a fluke. Okay. So let's come back in 2023. Biggest games of the year. Uh Colorado. They gave up 41 points to Colorado. He throws for 400 yards, six touchdowns, two sacks. They win 48-41. What's up, motherfuckers? They win in triple overtime against the Fighting Fafitas. They give up 41. He only plays 25 passing attempts, 219 and a touchdown. I'm the real. They lose at Notre Dame. 
They give up 48 points. 199 yards, a touchdown, three picks. They lose to Utah, 34-32. They score 32 points on one of the best defenses in the country. Yeah. 256, no touchdowns. Sacked three more times. Sacked six times against Notre Dame. Sacked four times against Arizona. 33 times in total this season. They lose. Here's the one that should piss everybody off of the Caleb Sucks. They lose 52-42 to Washington. 3-12, three touchdowns, three more sacks. They give up 36 to Oregon. He goes for 291, a touchdown, three more sacks. Yeah. They give up 38 to UCLA. He goes for 384, a touchdown, and four more sacks. He sucks. Um, That's uh, fucking trash. Yeah, terrible. I mean, he's garbage. I don't know how anybody thinks. Why would you want him on your team? Especially in Because it's garbage. I mean, why would you want him on your team? Do you guys, why do we? No. Where are we at in society today? You got one foot into your quicksand, Brandon Butler. Yeah. Nice job. Nice job <laughs> trying to trigger Monty over here. Jets only trade for immunized shamans. That's a good point. Immunized shamans. Yeah, that's in their employee handbook. Brandon Butler. Uh, I wasn't saying he's not talented. Oh, I say that go. in Chicago, we need a QB with a dog mentality. How if dumb do you think I am? If draft experts are questioning his mentality, why am I wrong to do so? I'm not saying you're wrong to do so. You said he doesn't perform in big games. Yeah. No, he said he wilts. Wilts. Like Chamberlain. Yeah. I disagree with you on big games. You know. Your mom, McCluskey. Okay. The mayor, McCluskey, is back. Stay hard. You know who else is awesome in college? Jamarcus Russell, a.k.a. Caleb Williams. Dude. Come on. Jamarcus Russell was a fat ass who was on the drain. He was a fat ass. And he refused fat. to take a playbook home. McCluskey, nice to see you. Who are you, Johnny Manziel? My biggest issue with Cable is that he likes to do stupid turnaround scrambling in the pocket that will get him knocked out in the NFL. He doesn't protect the ball. He also holds the ball too long. <laughs> <laughs> Who's arguing with you? Who's arguing with you? Ooh. Texas AD Chris Del Conte says Texas will play Texas A&M annually. His hope is that it's a move uh, it is to move it back to Thursdays. The Thursday of Thanksgiving week. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I like that a lot. Is Texas A&M relevant? No. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Luis Capazzo. Oh, Capazzo. It's actually Capazzo. Mr. Downtown, the Jets deserve all the slander. They have ruined any backs they've had drafted. Zach, when drafted, could have been a serviceable quarterback in the league. Don't disagree with you. OG Gary. Jamarcus could throw the ball 70 yards standing still. No. No, my guy. I watched him do it. Yeah. Jamarcus Russell could throw the ball 70 yards. He sat. You guys. He sat on the 35-yard line and threw the ball through the back of the far end zone. Sitting on his ass. <laughs> Jamarcus Russell was remarkably physically gifted and just refused to do anything but party or any refused to study. Yeah. Uh, Zach could be the next Eric Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
All right, can we talk about AI and dating? AI. Um, it's Valentine's Day. I love you. Different than <laughs> Jake loves. <laughs> so there's this story that artificial intelligence is booming. AI girlfriends and boyfriends are booming as well. Because society today is so lonely and the dating scene is so tumultuous that people would actually rather make love to a computer screen than a human being. So let me get this right. We're we're strapping on our Apple Vision Pros and we're dialing up the AI girlfriend. Is that is that do I have to really have to go that way? What do you what way? What do you mean? Strapping on. Yeah. What's the problem? We're strapping on. Yeah, the headset. Our Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, the headset. Macaque. Yeah. You're a sicko. Um, I think Apple Vision Pro. Did you guys see it's got a 33% return rate? A little high. A little high? A little high. Most people that return the Apple Vision Pro say it's not practical and it's overpriced. Unless you're you're banging AI box in in your banging living room. Banging AI box. Can, but seriously, this is a true story. Yeah. That AI girlfriend and boyfriends are emerging now as a real alter, alternative for the dating scene. And I just don't get this. Like I, I I understand that. Hey, the dating scene is tough. I totally get it. But uh, AI. I, I just, it, it's never going to replicate what you get out of a human being. That's the thing. Like you, you can tell it what to say back. That's fine. You want to, you know, you want to make it do what you want it to do. That's cool. But that's not, that's not how it should be. That's not like the real world. And so I just imagine some dude with the vision pro on talking to his AI girlfriend how? sitting in his shoebox in New York. How? Like, dude, come on. And this is because of you dirty millennials. Oh, but Monty, we got screwed by the pandemia. And it murked our dating life and unalived all of our potential, you know, love makers. Candidates. And stuff. So you can't blame us. I mean, do you see the this forearm, bro? <laughs> <laughs> It's millennials who just are like, well, the dating scene's terrible. Money. I can't find a date. I get on Grinder, and all them, all them dudes are like, nah, bro, I'm not interested. What am I Via supposed social to media. do? Yeah, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know, Stay all hard. them dudes ain't interested. I just want to understand. Yes, Paulo. Elon's putting chip controls in the brains. When do those people start flipping and murking people and unaliving the scientists that are putting these chips in the Unaliving brain? the scientists. Like, when does that start happening? When does that start happening? I don't know. Soon enough. I mean, if tomorrow came out that Elon's Neuralink was actually uh, a, a play at building some type of army, who would be surprised? Who would be surprised? And again, I just say this is why pornography is a great destroyer of men. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to break this to you hyenas out there. If you are, if you believe that your AI girlfriend is your girlfriend, I'm not, we can't, where do I, I go from it. Yeah, where do I go from there? I don't think there's anywhere to go. That's the problem.
This is my girlfriend, Regina. I don't see her. Oh, she's right here on my phone screen. Oh. Oh, she's somewhere else. You're on FaceTime? No, she's AI. Oh. I, I I don't know. You never, I guess you never have to worry Santa? about you never have to worry about getting some STD or or you know STD. It's weird. You're not getting any period. It both they think they are. Yeah. Well, you're not because they say that AI is so real that there's an emotional <clears throat> connection. I'm sure there is. That and, doesn't mean there's a physical one. And the thing that I'm asking is, wait a minute, isn't this the same thing as catfishing? But you don't have to get catfished or find somebody to catfish. You just you, you know, hook I mean, up with the AI. Yeah, I don't. Th catfishing has like a negative intent behind it. This is like, hey, I'm just, I'm not interested in talking. Is catfishing to people. positive? No, I'm saying that catfishing is is nefarious. Nefarious. It has negative intentions. This is this is not good. No, this is not good. But I think that at least, hey, listen, listen. If you wanna, if you wanna, you know, you wanna go down some pleasure cruise with an ai bot you you be my guest man but but i'm telling you that's not nearly but the these, same thing these people that are dating ai boyfriend and girlfriends they claim that there is a real emotional connection and that the ai girlfriend and i actually can y'all reading all this cap ass shit i can actually empathize with this i think people are so desperate for an emotional connection I can see, I, like, I've never understood how people that get catfished and they've never met the catfisher are like, I'm in love. Honey. We're going to be married. Oh, honey. Like, we've, honey. We've, had, <laughs> we've had sex. Wait, but you guys have never met. Yeah, but I sent nudes. Like, that's what this is. You can't tell me that it's so, like this is so bizarro world. We're, to me. we're the headline of the article is millennials dating AI bots. Come on, dude. Um, like you read some of the stuff in here, feeling much of this widespread social isolation and increasing number of startups aiming to draw in users through tantalizing online advertisements and promises of virtual characters who provide unconditional acceptance. Come on. Luca Inc.'s replica it would be named Luca, wouldn't it? The most prominent generative AI companion app was, was released in 2017, while others like Paradot have popped up in the last year. Researchers have raised concerns about data privacy, among other things, oh. because one of the parts of this story is guess what happens when you're making love to your AI girlfriend? Well, of course it can be recorded so you can go back and relive the greatness. <laughs> Your phone is recording you being intimate with your not real girlfriend. And where do you think that gets stored? Oh, yeah, inside of the app. Oh. And you thought TikTok was a problem. Dude. Like, what? How, how dumb do you think I am? Like, Very. This is terrible. This this is terrible. Uh, Wasikowski, y'all play the game Detroit, become a human? No. No, dude. Uh, Dakota, of course there is an emotional connection. It's programmed to connect with you emotionally. Listen, we're in, in a strange time. 
Yeah, that's that's strange. Oh! That is weird. Capazzo, virtual dripping smelly stuff and painful peeing. Oh, the world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> what if your virtual girlfriend's like, not tonight, honey? I have a headache. Yeah. Okay, let me let me get into the let me get into the backlogs and change how the AI bot feels. We're tonight. gonna have to go ahead and update the code on yeah. uh, on Jermina because she's not active. David C, an AI girlfriend helps you get access to the HOV lane. No, actually, she doesn't. No, that's in incorrect. Intimate data gets stored in China. Yeah, dude. Boyd Lake, it all goes to the cloud, bros. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Chris, we're all getting to the point uh, of one world order. Having chip in everyone's brain makes it easy to control everyone by the elite. Dude, we will all become factory farming machines. Listen, Chris, Elon's putting chips into people's brains so that they can walk again. Yes. These spinal cord injuries. And, you know, I, 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 okay, we have a, we're dialing up a connection to two holes. His internet's a little slow at the crib at two holes. All right. Type it in there. <laughs> two holes. Um, unalive fat ass. Do it now. Send. <laughs> like, is that what this is going to do? Uh, first of all, hell no, you are not no. implanting a chip no, in my brain. No, no, hell. Dude, how is it that, that there's articles coming out about macaque monkeys dying? Macaque. And people are like, yeah, sign me up, dude. Let me, where do I, where, where's the dotted line? And the thing that I love so much is, do you know, the, the macaques died because their heads exploded. Macaque. Like, they, macaque. And, and it, and. Macaque. They are, they, it murked them. Dude, they're, they're gone. It murked them. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. And yeah, approved human trials. Yes, yes. He's trying to help people. Yay. I just do things yeah dude schemers trying to control their little world oh it's elon rubber stamp because yes. it's all part of the plan yes can he help pooties and is flexing reactive cramping leg foot thing probably yes. i you ain't putting a brain in my head no uh wait for the hacks gonna be epic yeah right uh guys 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 if you could have a date with one ai girlfriend from the 80s who would it be Oh man. <laughs> Kelly McGillis on Top Gun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Tawny Katane on the hood of that car. I don't know. Sheila E. You know, 28.8K connection. Can you make this internet thing move faster, please? 21. Uh rip macaques. Exactly. Yeah, dude, they died. And now people will die. People will die. Uh, Mr. Downtown, what's up? If they are going to put a chip in my head, I better be able to fly. Seriously. No kidding. That better give me Mach 2, bro. Yeah. Because I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this whole thing. No. The answer is no. No, it, no, hell no, no. Hell no. Real quick before we have to get out of here. Is Valentine's Day a real holiday? What are you, what are you, what are you giving the beloved for Valentine's Day? <clears throat> oh, I gave it to her last night. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> Dude. What are you giving the beloved for Valentine's Day? Dude, 
bro. I gave it to her last night. You don't oh! put me in any type of position to answer the question, bro. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with? Yeah, what are you giving the? What are you what supposed are you giving... to do with it? I need a dick in me. Yeah, what do you mean? Like, what are you like, supposed like, to do with it? What position do you put me in? This is your beloved. I'm like, just asking. What are you? What are you? God. What are you giving the I, beloved? I stay hard. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I get that. Yeah. Yes. You know. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I got her a card and I got her some lotions and some chocolates. You got her lotions. I did. Janus. Yeah. Yeah. I I did actually. Yeah. Yeah. You did what? Clarify? Uh no. Okay. You got oh, her shit. Yeah. Ch chocolate and lotion. Yeah. And a card. What's wrong with that? What did you do? I'm not gonna say my 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 beloved listens to the show. Scock. We didn't do anything because we agreed that the D no. Macaque. <laughs> Capazzo. I'm giving my bride of 30 years a trip to Salt Lake in a jazz game without any kids and no LeBron tonight. Uh, Gumby, a truck stop burrito and a 64-ounce soda. <laughs> I do have Grubhub credit. Uh, OG Gary, Mrs. Monty, if you're reading this, Sunday red for Monty. Exactly. <laughs> a holiday requires two to tango. What do the guys really get that they can't get any other day? Okay. Jeremy Bolton, I'm giving the Mrs. a Valentine the other 364 days a year. Okay. And me and Mrs. Monty, I, I, I am somebody that I am somebody that enjoys the Valentine's Day giving. Mrs. Monty doesn't feel that holiday, or at least she says not. I think we agreed not to do Valentine's Day. But again, Day. when 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 the ladies say no, it really means yes. But we actually have had this long. We don't give each other Christmas gifts. I give her Christmas gifts. Um, she doesn't love me, so she doesn't buy me gifts because I'm, you know, I'm fat. So anyway, right, she buys me it. diet pills, but that's it's, not the point. Yeah, uh, we don't. We generally now are at a point in our lives where we go and do things together. We'll yeah. go play golf. We'll go play golf. Like we do things together. Right. And I, so is Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is a Hallmark holiday. It Sweetest is. day, bro. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a Hallmark holiday. But it's a day to remind yourselves how lucky you are with your significant other. Mm -hmm. And that's what today is about for me. Yeah. You know, doing something nice. Fat Jesus. Uh, put the lotion in a basket, Jake. Thanks. Eric Wasikowski, happy single after seven-year relationship. Save more money on days like this. So wait, let me get this right. Uh, the guy who supports cheaters and whiners and complainers is single? I had no idea. Oh. No idea. What did you name your AI bot, Eric? Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I, named, I named it Sign Stealer Guy. <laughs> Sign Stealer Guy. I named it Patrick Kane Place for the did, Red Wings. Did you name it uh, The Goffster? No, I named it Probert's Butthole. Probert. Probert's Butthole. Okay. That's it. Anyway, I hate Valentine's Day. It always ends up with a hole in my credit card. She buys me a gift with my oh, own credit card. Careful, wow. dude. Careful. I was going to say, what are you putting a hole in that thing with? Uh, Big Daddy Magic. Hey, playa. Okay. Everyone. 
Valentine's Day is real holiday. It's love making Olympics. Big Daddy Magic. I'm already a gold medalist. Is it possible that they could ride the D? They can. You know, broken Hoover. Katie Rader says I get a broken Hoover. Okay. The Monty Show, as always, is presented hey, by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. I love every one of you. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Hit the like button on the way out the door. Get to The Advocates, man. You get in an accident. You get hit by a truck. Dude, I'm telling you, semi-truck accidents are gnar, bro. The Advocates, they know how to handle it. Every step of the way, you don't have to do a thing. You never reach into your pocket to pay the advocates. You're wondering, hey, do I need an attorney? Yes. Should I trust my insurance company? No. Show Monty some love. Tell the advocates you heard about it on the Monty Show. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.